weekly show spotlighting the arts. And now, your host, Paula Granquist. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thanks for tuning into the show that celebrates creating and stories. I am excited to be back in studio again today, and I've got a little clue for you today. He was born in 1899 and died in 1973. Can you name this playwright? I'll give you the answer to that in just a little bit. You know, when I was preparing for this show, I learned this fact, and I could not help but be astounded by the coincidence that this famous playwright lived during almost the same identical years as my grandpa. And I've been reading about my grandpa's life through some old newspapers in his hometown. And I highly suggest if there's an archive available from where your family grew up, I recommend that you take the time to read some of those pages. It has been a hoot and a half to hear all the things. Uh, Those newspaper accounts of life in small-town America are certainly the social media of its time. It was really quite a joy. I learned about the birthday parties that my grandpa attended, the times he traveled all the way to St. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) from out west Minnesota. (laughs) They put everything in the paper. I learned about the car accident he had and the doctor that treated him, the times that he raced cars, which I I didn't know that he did that, and the plays that he acted in after he returned from fighting in World War I in France. My mom didn't even know that he had acted in plays because he'd done that as such a young young man. So I think it's it's really fun to have been able to do that. And, you know, that is definitely that first version of social media in our world, if you will. And that was when the world was small, though. And I wonder if they ever imagined that people would be reading those again, you know, 100 years later about what they were doing and who hosted the party and uh, who had a baby and what gifts were given. And, oh, they just, they, they have so many little details in those papers. And I love reading about that. It shows us what the everyday lives of people were like from our past. And I think that art can do that for us as well. And, you know, one example, our book club just read a Jane Austen book this month. And, you know, I, I, Jane... I really like reading her books, and I speak to, as if I know her by calling her Jane. But she published her books in the early 1800s, and stepping into this world of the past and imagining what the lives of that generation must have been like, I, you know, the only thing I would say to Jane is I wish she would have done more about the clothing and the food and the parties in her novels. A little more detail, but her conversations are incredible, and they're so much fun. And I think uh, one thing that is about her works is they make such great movies because people People can then costume them and, you know, put together the parties and the tea sets and all the things that happened. And, um, you know, it's amazing that, you know, her books with rich commentaries on society are a joy to read even 200 years later. They're just amazing. And spending times in these worlds can teach us about ourselves and our society that we live in. And I'm fascinated by what aspects of culture and art remain relevant decades, even centuries later, and how that humanity is the consistent element in all of that. And that's what connects us. So here's the answer to the question about the playwright that lived from 1899 to 1973. It's Noel Coward. 
And I just, you may know his plays, Private Lives, Hay Fever, Blythe Spirit, or Present Laughter. Some of them were even made into movies. And his official name is Sir Noel Pierce Coward. He was an English playwright known for his highly polished comedies of manners and sharing his Englishness with the world. And not only did he write plays, he was a a composer, a director, an actor, a singer, and I love this. He said it was known for his wit, flamboyance, and what this quote was great. Time magazine called a sense of personal style, a combination of cheek and chic, pose and poise. <laughs> I thought that summed up what I know of him quite well. So what a joy to step into the world of Noel Coward. And I invite you to join us today on Art Zany Radio to discover this world and how this world connects with us. I think it'll be a fascinating tale. So I'm really thrilled today to welcome guests from the Merlin Players production of Noel Cower's Present Laughter that's going to be performed at the Paradise Center for the Arts opening up tonight. So tonight is opening night. How exciting to be able to talk about it. And it runs for a couple of weekends. You can get information at Merlin the MerlinPlayers.org, or um, tickets are available at ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org. And so we'll go ahead and um, open up the mics and uh, talk to everybody here. It's so exciting. We have in the studio Juliana Sklazacek. Hello. Good I kind of messed up your last name. Say it again. Sklazacek, but you did you did pretty well. <laughs> it's a hard one. I've been practicing Sklazacek. It's common around here. I know. I've <laughs> seen it, but it's, it's a tricky one to pronounce. I've I've family in town, so. Well, thank you for being here again. It's wonderful to have you. And then we also have Tanya Legvold Larson. Welcome. Larson Legvold. Yeah. Oh, did I? <laughs> no worries. It's all in there. I, it's all there. It's all there. I just goofed <laughs> up the order. Boy, I'm I'm off on a roll here. Let's see if I get Dean Lamp. That, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm the I'm the token easy guy. <laughs> I got yours right. <laughs> well, wonderful. It's so good, so good to have you here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourselves. You know, maybe reconnect with our audiences. Who I think each of you have been on the show before, but folks may may uh, want a little uh, reconnection. Tell us about your um, also your connection to the Merlin Players. I'd love to, Juliana. Do you want to start us off? Well, I'm, I'm the artistic director, the founding artistic director of the Merlin Players. Um, we've got our 27th season coming up. But we haven't done a live show since uh, February of 2020. So we are very excited for tonight and to um, bring people together again to enjoy live theater and to laugh together as a community. And it's uh, I think that community describes uh, and family describes the group of people that I've been working with the last seven weeks, it's just, it's been a joy. It really has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, to, and you mentioned that getting back together around the read table was kind of an, an amazing thing because it had been so long for people. It, yeah, it was emotional. The read-through was emotional as we, I mean, I was seeing people I, I hadn't seen in over a year that I used to see fairly regularly, you know, and so... There were hugs and tears and laughter, and it was. I'm sure that everyone um, has had those moments with family and friends in the past six months. So, um, yeah, so that's what it was like for us. And Tanya, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're busy doing now, and and what connects you to the Merlin Players. Yeah. Um, well, I've done a lot of theater in town in Northfield, and then. 
I started. I did some shows with the Merlin Players quite a while ago. I don't know, probably ten years ago, at least maybe twelve, fifteen. Yeah, um, probably fourteen. You were in Moon Over Buffalo. Moon Over Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. that was the first one, and then uh, got to do Patsy. Always Patsy Klein two times, which was just a thrill. And um, Kim Schaffenbuehl is also in this play. She played Patsy Cline, and I played Louise in that show for Merlin Players. And so we get to be on the stage again uh, together a couple of times in this show. So that's fun. As, um, as adversaries and not friends. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Seems a little bit tricky sometimes, but we can do it. We're good actors. We can do it. Um, so that's the Merlin players connection for me and then have done a lot of art skilled stuff here and um yeah acting directing tech it's kind of my how did it feel to get thing. get back in and you know be able to be with other people doing doing what you love yeah it's it's it was really cool um actually juliana called i think in february and said hey we're doing this show this summer, we're all going to be vaccinated. It's going to be live theater. I'm like, what? <laughs> it sounded like a foreign concept. Like, how could, how can that be possible? You know, and so, uh, but she said, yeah, we're all going to be vaccinated by then. We're going to have live, we'll be able to have live audiences by then. I'm like, okay, if you say so, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so we, yeah, so we, I signed on to, to do it. Um, I don't know. I guess it was February, I think, or March. Um, concept, but, um, that's amazing. Yeah. So, but, and, and, was, and you do have fun. to have a little bit of faith that we're going to make it through and this is all, all, co- and it is, you know, it's happening. It, yeah. it's, it's, it was exciting. We had, it, we had like six people in our family and friends audience last night. And I guess I didn't really, it didn't re- I didn't really catch on that this were actually happening until they were applauding at the end. I was like, Oh my gosh. It happened. Spoken as a typical egotistical actor, but I'm like, oh my gosh, they're applauding and I can hear them and I can see them. And yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons we do it, but absolutely, it was, it was delightful to hear. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And Dean, tell us about your, your world and, and the connections to the Merlin Well, players. I, I retired in 2017 from a, uh, 40-year career as a teacher and conductor in Iowa, and I moved, I grew up in Minnesota and moved back to Minnesota to retire, and I came to Northfield because it was a place that I could be really involved in theater and music without having to be in charge of anything. <laughs> and and it's it's been wonderful. I've been in shows with the Northfield Arts Guild. I play in two orchestras and a band and uh, have a teaching studio here in Northfield. And Juliana has been lucky enough to have me in her past. <laughs> and so it sounds... For, for the previous two shows, the, last, the first show that I did for Merlin Players was uh, These Shining Lives last February. And so we haven't done anything in between. I even had to shut down my teaching studio and... and the orchestras. I haven't had an orchestra rehearsal in a year and a half, and I'm really looking forward to getting back to that soon. Absolutely. And so it sounds like maybe in retirement you're even busier than you were when you're working. Is that possible? Well, <laughs> retirement and I didn't really get along oh. too well. <laughs> 
lucky for all of us that we get to have you. And so folks may may not know this play, uh, Present Laughter. Um, and, d- you know, tell us a little bit about the setup for this. I think maybe we'll start with uh, Noel Coward's writing of this. I think it's an interesting backstory. Um, he wrote the play in 1941, but was not able to present it until 1943 because of World War II. Oh. And he, at the time, tried to join the Army, and uh, Winston Churchill said to him, you're far more valuable to the English people entertaining them and um, entertaining our troops and su- and uh, supporting them and, uh, and keeping uh, everyone's hopes and spirits up. And so that's what he did for the war. And... Uh, and then uh, he played the lead role of Gary Essendine himself then when they finally put the show up, I think in 45 or 46, something like that. We've placed the show in 1951, mm. and um, which makes the fashion really quite wonderful, you know. So, But um, we have Gary Essendine is a... Oh, not quite over the hill actor. He's in the midlife <laughs> crisis. Um, he is uh, has a flurry of friends and that support what he does. As his uh, estranged wife says, the firm, you know, the people that um, help him to do what he does, and uh, and this it's the story about. He's ta- he's going on a long tour of with plays to um, Africa, and it's uh, leading up to that time when the, li- the his home was just a flurry of activity. And I love the first twenty minutes of the show because it's all about doorbells and phone calls and people coming and going and everything. And Dean plays the character of Fred the valet, and he's in and out with breakfast and out with. It, it just really very very fun, and um, <laughs> so the, the timing on that has to be very good because you know the doorbells have to be there and the phones have to be there. I've got a new young man for us, Jackson Newhouse, doing the soundboard, um, and Zeke Brooks is doing the lightboard, and the light design is really quite wonderful by uh, Darren Beecher who comes from the Twin Cities a friend of mine to design my shows and so you know it's all a big you know it's a group effort that's for sure Uh, someone asked me a long time ago what was my secret to directing good plays and I said finding good people that make me look good (laughs) (laughs) it is a team effort (laughs) it's definitely a team effort i said i've got people made me look brilliant for a long time (laughs) (laughs) but you know how to bring it out in them i think that was that's something that is a director is is essential to uh, giving them that confidence and you know and uh making them uh shine Mm -hmm. i thank you i um i try to Oh, someone described me once as a, you know, uh, an iron fist in a velvet glove. So, because <laughs> <laughs> you have two sides. <laughs> well, you know, you have to be a leader, so mm-hmm. and, um, and give people a clear vision of where you're going. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and and this, I, I, I'm going to bring go back to the the Noel uh, Coward story. Mm-hmm. I read, but of course, this was on the internet, so I don't know if I believe it. That during the World War II. Um, that he 
was actually um, working for intelligence with, with the, the Britain. Did anybody else hear that? That, that he went, when he was traveling around? I had not heard that. Okay. That could just be an internet thing, but I like to think he'd be really good at that. <laughs> 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 he seems like a kind of person you would want to be at a party with and, um, you know, just ha- had a zest for life. And Yeah, there's a whole body of work, just the, his songs that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And uh, that are you know, clever and delightful and um, really incisive sometimes with, you know, the the way he writes. Even his uh, dialogue in the plays is, you know, it's just like, sometimes I think it's like an episode of the Golden Girls or something. <laughs> it's just like zingers right and left all the time. There's a great line that um, Tanya says as the character Joanna um, in the second or first act, first act, yeah, the end of the first act when uh, get, she's dropped in at the house <laughs> quite late at night, and she's the wife of one of his friends, and she, um, um, Gary Essendine, the character, my played by brilliantly by Michael Lambert, walks over to pick up a violin, and says, "Would you like me to play something for you?" And what do you say? No, thank you. And then he says, well, why not? And she says... You must be mad, he says. You must be mad. Mm -hmm. I say, not mad, just musical. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah, and and this play is also a a little bit of a... Him aware of his place in the world as a playwright and you know doing and it's he's kind of tell us about that sort of mirror thing that's going on he's definitely poking fun at himself Mm -hmm. and uh and which is quite delightful you know and i think that um it's a wonderful send-up actually and it it shows great self-awareness i think that of his own faults and foibles and weaknesses that he can make fun of himself and that's a true sense of humor to me mm-hmm. yeah yeah he saw, and it was it's about the world around him so let's let's hear about the characters that you play tanya we, we just got the name of your character joanna jo- joanna joanna okay and i heard you doing a little bit of an accent so do you have to do this play in yeah in british oh my goodness yeah. okay so tell me how i mean that seemed that's always such a challenge. Yeah, it was, um, we started out, I mean, I think that was on the f- first phone call in February, Juliana said, yes, and we're doing it in British accents, so <laughs> start <laughs> polishing up your, <laughs> yeah, um, but Eric Parrish, who's also a founding member of the Merlin, or well, long he, time. He's been with us since the ninth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. all grown up now. <laughs> But he he was our vocal coach on that. Gave us a sheet of here's you know here's how to interpret the the words, and he, and he gave us a lot of different kind of shortcuts to things. You know, like for for the word very, it's very good kind of thing. It you have to trip the R, so it's very instead of very, Ooh. and you have to drop the L Ys, so it's perfect perfectly instead of perfectly. <laughs> So those kinds of things that that he gave us a study guide. So I kind of went through my script and and just circled all of those little places where I had to kind of look and, you know, make it British sort of like that. But 
Yeah, it's that's a challenge, and and also just a bit about the language in the play. That was my challenge with it. I, uh, it feels like Shakespeare a little bit because the language is a little. It's it's heightened language, and I mean not too much, but but it's different than the way we regularly speak. Do you mean and because so, of the British n- names for things and the the you know? No, they're just the. High society? Yeah, sort of okay. high society. And then even written in the 40s and, Brit- you know, the okay. British sort of, not dialect, but um, way of speaking. It just it, it just was a little more complex. There's a lot of prepositional phrases that I want to drop and just get to the point. <laughs> and it's like, no, you have to, that's part of the music of the script. Mm. Is that, yeah, it's, and it sounds, and I actually, to, I'm kind of going off here, but <laughs> to learn some of my lines, I... Some of them fit with like some musical phrases and things. So that's how I was able to put them in. I was like, oh, this fits with joy to the world, for example. And so I like hummed it with, you know, the the iambic pentameter flavor of things. I would like put the line to some music so that I could remember all of the little pieces. And that's helped me remember some of the lines. It just took a little longer to learn these lines. That is so, a really good tip for someone who might yeah. be. And I love when you said the musicality of of the the dialogue because yeah. th- there definitely has to be a um, you know a, a presentation of this in in a way that that brings emotion and character and yeah. uh, you're not just reading a line. No, <laughs> no, that's yeah. And this, actually, I forgot to say, this play is uh, familiar to audiences right now because who love theaters because in 2019, a revival of it was done on Broadway, which got, it got a Tony for Best Revival, and Kevin Klein got a Tony for Best Performance mm. by an actor. And so I have friends who said, I saw Kevin Klein on Broadway. I can't wait to see your show. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's fun when it comes back and, uh-huh. and, and it uh, you know, has that familiarity for people uh-huh. um, that people can uh, recognize it in another, another way. I think I even saw uh, uh, some clips of a British production that was yes. filmed. And then mm-hmm. I thought, well, what, why don't they do that more with plays? Probably the rights yes, yeah. <laughs> are very expensive to do. But, but it, w- you know, it was fun to see those, those moments um, from the characters. And uh, uh, for you, tell us a little bit about uh, your... Um, Fred the valet. Well, Fred the valet is the is the lone Cockney in the in the in the show, and so I have to talk different than everybody else, and and I use a little bit of Cockney sna- slang, and let, if the balloon goes up, don't don't blame me, and things <laughs> things like that, and and what so it it's a bit wet. Yeah, it's well, it kind of kind of like in English we say um, he's all wet. Ah. Okay. It looks a bit wet to me. <laughs> and so how did you learn that accent or what was the uh, Well, well, being a musician, I I lis- I just listen and copy. Ah. And and I fear a little bit that I'm going to get stuck in this because <laughs> because the last th- the last four shows I've done, I've done Irish and Scottish and Yorkshire and and Cockney. <laughs> I wonder why they keep casting you that. That's interesting. That's that's hard to do, though. <laughs> and so, and then there, there are, I am as a director saying it's a dead-on Cockney accent, but I can't understand a word you say. <laughs> so, so how do we balance that? So we have to pull back a little bit. Yes. Um, and make sure that his 
ending T's and D's and, and P's and P's are there so that our Minnesota ears will be able to understand. I didn't think about that complication yeah. that you can't nail it so much that everybody walks out going, huh? <laughs> So everyone at intermission is like, do you know what's going on? Because I don't know what's going on. So, but no, it's everyone's very intelligible, and I can understand everyone in the show. So that's it. And my husband came last night. He was not used to the show the way I am, and he said he understood everything as well. So that's always a good good yeah. test drive through. So it was um, the first time doing the, the play start to finish, I suppose? No, uh, we've no. been doing it all week start to finish. Okay. And then we did it twice last week as well. So You guys are ready for opening night. We are, Folks, we? if you're just tuning in, this is Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. I'm Paula Granquist here with the Merlin Players uh, cast and director of this Present Perfect, which is opening up tonight, Present July 13th. Why did I do that? I don't know. That's an old store from Northfield. I think uh, maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the notes that actually have the title on it. And then I will, or the poster, yes, which will be in the window here after the show. So if you want more information, Present Laughter, um, Noel Coward Show, the, the MerlinPlayers.org. You can get more information about the show or tickets are at the Paradise Center for the Arts.org. And you can. Uh, call uh, go online or call them uh, 507-332-7372 during box office hours which are today from noon to five and then on saturday from 10 to 2 the play runs for two weekends uh 30th and the 31st and the 1st, so this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday shows, with the Sunday show being at 2, and the um, evening shows are at 7.30. And then the next weekend, the 5th is a... Thursday. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. So lots of opportunities to see it. It seems like the kind of thing, too, you could see more than once. Oh, yes, and you know, it's nice and cool in the theater, (laughs) and there's no smoke there, so... (laughs) (laughs) Not on purpose, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this show, and because um, you know, when I think of that era, I, you know, you, you mentioned that you set it in, uh, you said nineteen fifty one. Yeah. Okay, so you moved it up a few years. How did that change the the costuming or the? Well, uh, it's the costuming is great. My costumers Amber Holven and Mary Butler Fraser have done such a wonderful job with this show, and. You know, we have the full skirts with the crinolines underneath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no woman walks on the stage without gloves and a hat, you know, no matter what the time of day. <laughs> and so that's really lovely as I've watched those final pieces come together the last few um, uh, rehearsals. It's to say, oh, Tanya has a really great hat on tonight. So. <laughs> That must be fun. Yeah, It's very fun. And it speaks to a time, of course, that we're a lot more casual about how we dress now, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it's sure fun to look back and see, you know, like, you know, um, Dean's character would not even dream of appearing to work for at work without having a tie and a white shirt and the whole thing. Fred even has to make sure that his cuffs are showing just a little bit every time he comes on stage, you know. Does he have special um, cufflinks? Uh, We'll pretend that he does. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know what that meant. That's a sense. Oh, although Michael Lambert, who's playing Gary Essendine, is wearing a shirt that has real cufflinks on it. and uh, It's even monogrammed, actually. Ooh. Yes, it is. <laughs> With his initials. Yes, it's quite wonderful. And um, we're just... Uh, I have two other Northfield people in the show, and that's Susan Dunhop. And a treasure. I know. <laughs> she's playing the... Um, secretary uh, Monica and it's it's very much um, a character that goes back to Rosalind Russell and that mm. sort of thing. I don't and, know that reference. Um, she used to do uh, lots of movies in the 40s, car- you know, comedies and stuff like that. She played um, in the movies, she played um, uh, the mother in Gypsy. Mm, I'm yes. trying to draw a picture in my and mind. And Mame. She yeah. also played Mame. Oh, okay. So, but she, uh, it's just, nowadays you would probably call her B. Arthur or something mm. else, you know. But And um, and then the other, we have a regional cast. So Michael comes from St. Paul, although he's a founding member of Merlin Players. And Stephanie Weiss, who's done a lot of shows mm-hmm. with us, is coming from Minneapolis. Everyone said yes when I called. It was so great. And... Um, <laughs> Michael and I talked, and he actually brought the play to me and said, read this and tell me what you think, because I wanted to do a Noel Coward. I wasn't sure which one, and so this had such a nice variety of characters for people, and um, and then from Norfield, we have Kim Schaffenbuehl, as we've said, and... Um, Owatonna. What? Kim's from Owatonna. What did I say? Norfield? Yeah, it's, it's okay. A, it, this is... If my family's uh, listening, they're like, she's up this early? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we greatly appreciate (laughs) being here. (laughs) Yeah, she's from Owatonna. And Larry. Oh, Larry Tolly is from Northfield here. And then we have two young people in the show, uh, Faith Jameson and Sam Temple, who are from uh, Faribault, but Sam's a very familiar name here in Northfield, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done a lot for our um, community and, and uh, for uh, done a lot of theater. Yeah. And, and Marsha Morris Beck. I worked with Marsha back in the early days of Faribault Community Theater, Area Community Theater, before it became the Paradise Community Theater. And she hasn't been on the stage in about 15 years. And she has great timing, and she's has a cameo role, Lady Salterton. And, uh, you know, comes on 12 lines, 10 laughs, and leaves. You know, so. <laughs> love the, love the um, name, Lady Salterton. Oh, yes. And Patrick Brocker. Mm, I don't. He's, he's um, been in, uh, this is his third show with us, I think. But he's from the Webster area. And um, he's very, very funny. What yeah. a stellar cast you have. Oh, I mean, really, it truly is when people, you know, like Dean said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this valet part that will pop in and out of the show. So, And let's talk, too, about the um, the staging, the propping of the show and getting all of the things ready to set it in that time period. Well, half, uh, of, the sh- half of the stage is from Michael Lambert's living room. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about Michael? <laughs> <laughs> 1950s set. <laughs> he, 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 it's I. Um, I like to call it mid-century chic. Ah, and um, it's. Oh, that's it, actually cool. <laughs> yeah, it's mid-century chic, and it's uh, there's a chaise, you know, that's really fun to to act on because of the fact that it doesn't have much of a back. You 
able to do a lot of different things on it. <laughs> Even though with all of the, the jumping and everything on it, we've had to have the um, the underneath part reinforced uh, with some wo- with some lumber. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, and this is um, a, a show with dialogue that really, uh, you know, just sparkles and and moves fast and Mm -hmm. so let's talk about when you have a play like that and you're doing that um so on top of learning accents and your lines now you've got to get timing and uh you know characterization and then you add movement i mean you've got all of these layers i'd love to hear what your your experiences with dialogue in this show there's a lot of movement in the play you know because it's such a fast-paced comedy and um so the as you said, just remembering where I'm supposed to be when I'm saying what line <laughs> is uh, also another challenge, I think, for actors. Yeah, um, I was just thinking when you mentioned that you hadn't played in an orchestra, and it's it's almost as if you have an orchestra score with the you know the sound of the doorbell and the movement of the people and the lines that have to come in. And so, do you ever do beats when you're doing a show? Like, to I I think in beats. Okay. okay. As a director, I hear it musically. I've always heard the dialogue musically in my head. And so um, I know uh, the other night, w- the last scene in the show, we weren't quite getting to the crescendo, to use one of Dean's words that we needed. <laughs> and so we, I stopped, or not afterwards, but afterwards, we went through, the, the next night we went through that s- small it was like three pages of stuff and just built and built. And then when they went out and did it that night, the, the, it just sailed. It just, you know, it just took off. Mm. And I was laughing so hard <laughs> because the, it was just all of a sudden, it was just this wonderful, amazing. It had been good before, but now it was wonderful. So mm. Would you agree Do with you that? Do you feel yeah. that as an actress on the stage? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 It's And that's why rehearsal... And Juliana, I think, is known, and she probably would say this, that she rehearses longer, right? She has longer rehearsal... Not, not uh, longer in weeks. She does more so that when you get to the point, you're like, wow, we're still doing this. It's like, oh, there's a reason that mm. we're still doing it. And because you get all the, that musical timing or that, that beat timing down, then... You get your lines, you get your costumes, you get your tech, you get everything else. And then when you add all that together, oh, right, we've rehearsed this already. I'm comfortable with this. And now we've got all those other layers and the timing is right. And so it it does come together in all the rehearsal process. But yeah, um, speaking of the last scene, we're still running that every night just to kind of as a warm up. Mm-hmm. The actors that are in that scene, we just run it just to review it so that we make sure that we're hitting all of those notes, so to speak. It's every word. I think I sometimes you can kind of paraphrase lines. Some people like to do that. And I don't particularly, but in this play, it's if you paraphrase, you lose that rhythm. And so we're we're just drilling that last scene so that we all get in on the right cues at the right time. And the it's there's a little bit of shouting, so it's overlapping and building that crescendo. And then... Yeah. So yeah. That's good. the entire show just runs on a on a constant building and building and building and it it builds on chaos that comes yes. from you know, oh, typically you might say okay I enter after she says but in this show 
everything has to dovetail so that it never stops. It, mm-hmm. There's never a pause. It keeps going. There's seven different times that I come in with a tray or go in and, <laughs> and take take out a tray. And just getting the timing of exactly what word does Tanya say when I come in <laughs> yeah. and and things like that to help keep that that level of chaos just mm-hmm. building until we get to the end. Mm-hmm. I know it's just like when I, t- I told Dean early on, when we hear Fred, because they're just, these people are sort of they go, Fred, you know. <laughs> and so I said, when you hear that, I said, I want you just to appear from the kitchen like it's, you were listening at the door and it was magic, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's, his timing on the entrances is really good. So. And so, yeah, and I'm thinking as I'm you know, imagining uh, putting together this play. Now, so you got all of those elements, but then you add audience, and you you know you have to work on you, you can't just speak to each other, which is I would imagine in a bigger cast with fast lines, is you're you're wanting to play off of that, but you have to make sure the audience you know you're projecting so they hear. And how how are you? <laughs> wow, when do you add that element in? <laughs> Well, we started working with the mics. Um, we we did it once last week, and then we've been working with the mics all this oh, week. Oh, you have microphones. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. It's a big space um, at the Paradise, the uh, theater is, and it has a parabolic ceiling. And so we started using microphones because it was we were getting complaints from our audiences that they couldn't hear because the, sometimes it just floats up and goes nowhere. <laughs> oh, there's not a, yeah, it's, it's a very, like mm-hmm. you said, the tall, curved large ceiling. space. Yeah, mm-hmm. curved ceiling. So it's part of the charm and the beauty of that restored space, but it does have its challenges to perform in. Mm-hmm. So you were th- going to comment about having that audience element and then yeah. adding that. Because I would imagine, too, you know, this is a funny show and there's laughter. So then yeah. you may have some audiences that, you know, want to ro- uproariously laugh at a line and others that, you know, the ta- their laughter might not be the same. So they're not playing in that same game yeah. in that that's, same space. <laughs> well, and that's the that's the fun and the beauty of live theater is that you do it. for, And that's the tragedy of this past 18 months or whatever is that there hasn't been that and so it's it's that it's that last element I think that you add and we had a little bit last night for a little bit of reaction and Juliana even said she said you might get uproarious laughter one night and then you'll get nothing the next night but they'll laugh at something completely different so but I think all of us that are playing in this are seasoned enough that we know how to read the audience and play back and that it adds that extra energy to then Mm -hmm. you're like oh yeah this is why we're doing it we're presenting this beautiful piece for for people and they're enjoying it and then you know comes back to us we're enjoying it and you, you just play off play use that audience energy and then give it back to them kind of it's this beautiful reciprocal (laughs) relationship but it does take a little the timing just to you know feel for that it's very clear to me these people are having a joyous time on stage (laughs) they're having such a good time and so if you come to the show you will have such a good time as well and that does that does play off of it and you 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 want to create that element of um, not th- not that you're doing a play, but that you're actually living that mo- those right. characters in that <laughs> moment, and uh, making it happen on stage. And oh my, I've got some other questions, and I can't believe how fast our time is going. Um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about um, the title of the show because I thought that was an interesting oh, title. Comes, yeah, it comes from a Shakespearean quote from Twelfth Night. 
Oh, do tell us a little more. Um, I don't have it memorized. If Michael were here, he has it memorized. Oh, that's okay, because I don't uh, know either. But I, I was, was, when I first looked at it, I thought, well, that could be present laughter, present laughter. <laughs> you know, there's a, uh, so there must be some, is, is there some uh, meaning within the play that? Uh, well, he's the main character is... No, known as a comedian, as I said, Noel Card was making fun of himself when he wrote it. So, <laughs> so he's presenting us laughter. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, and we are as well. So, um, we're anxious to have people come see it. Mm-hmm. Can we talk for a second about our season? Absolutely, let's we've do just, it. We've announced our season for twenty one twenty two. I'm so excited that we're going to do a live season. We're uh, starting in October with Brighton Beach Memoirs by Neil Simon mm-hmm. that we were supposed to do last winter and didn't get it done. And then, um, and then in February of twenty twenty two, we are doing a play that's called "The Boy Who Talked to Whales," and mm-hmm. it's a really beautiful, charming, wonderful, um, sweet children's story that's great for people of all ages. And I. Th- I think I've talked Dean into playing this. That the sound of the whale talking is a tuba, and so I think I've talked Dean into playing live for us, <laughs> and the playing show, the tuba, and playing the tuba. <laughs> um, and he can make a tuba sing. It's not his tu- His tuba is very sweet sounding, and also um, then in the spring we're finally going to present La Cage aux Faux. Oh, that was one of the ones that had yeah, been scheduled. Yeah, we had to put it off for two years, and um, the licensing house has been very kind, and we're gonna, we didn't lose any money uh, because the rights were expensive, and I still, and I have most of that cast coming back. So. And that was in what month? Uh, June. June of okay. 2022. So. so folks can go to the Merlin Players dot, is it ORG? Uh-huh. And so they will be able to... Uh, be Let me see. My webmaster is in Houston, Texas, and we might not have, I don't think we have the brochure quite up, but um, look for by, that. Certainly by early next week. And they're, uh, they've been mailed, so they're out in the mail right now. So That's wonderful. And so do you play the tuba? Yes. So, so this isn't. I thought maybe you'd have to learn the tuba in the next. <laughs> uh, no, I've, been, I've I've played for a day or two. Okay, <laughs> that's good because that that's would be an important piece if that's the, the you know the type. Yes. Tuba is my university trained instrument. I I've been played. I've been paid at one time or another to play every instrument in the band except for the oboe and the bassoon. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> but tuba is my is my classically trained instrument. So this is a good fit. And during lockdown, he would post these beautiful pieces of music um, that we could listen to and watch. Um, and I sent him a note once. I said, I didn't know a tuba could sound so beautiful. Ooh, so that gives me, uh, that's good then that he's the boy who talked to whales. He'll be playing that whale song for us because that it, would... And your husband plays tuba, too, doesn't he? He does. Mike Lakevold plays tuba. That's right. So we have two tuba families. (laughs) (laughs) What are the chances of that unless you live in North I was going to say, maybe, maybe. Well, Susan's husband plays the tuba, too. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, Tanya was able to find the quote. Uh, What is love, tis not hereafter, present merhast, excuse me, present merhast present laughter what's to come is still unsure in delay 
there lies no plenty. Then come kiss me, sweet and twenty, youth's a stuff will not endure. And that's from the play Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night, folks, if you want to go look that up. That's that's <laughs> good. Thank you. That gives us some context. And when and when he says when she talks about youth, you know, Gary's having a hard time not being young anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh hasn't um has a, a liking of younger women. So <laughs> But he's stuck in that space. He's stuck in that <laughs> space. But by the end of the show, he's learned some lessons and um, doesn't want all the chaos that's in his life anymore. So things kind of ease down for him mm. as he reunites. Oh, I'm not going to tell you everything. Yeah, <laughs> <he's in the laughs> show. yeah we got to find <laughs> out where he ends up at the end of the yeah. show. <laughs> you have to pay your money to find out how it ends. <laughs> Which, which, folks, I hope that you're going to do. Um, tickets are still available for the shows? Yes, we, for all pro, um, performances. And do they need to um, buy tickets in advance? Or if they decide, hey, I want to go to that tonight, can they show up at the theater? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, I'd love to see a line outside the door waiting to buy tickets. That mm-hmm. would be great. Yeah. Because if you can come tonight, come tonight, because it's... Um, there's something very special about opening nights in the theater. There's a special electricity and energy that runs through the room. And I think that with having been gone for so long that it's going to be quite marvelous tonight for all of us. So, Charged energy. Yes. yes come <laughs> celebrate with us. Exactly. Anything else we should add before, before we wrap here? I just feel so excited about this show and um, thrilled that you were all able to join me. I know sometimes early mornings, especially after having a, a full production last night is not always the easiest. So I'm very grateful to you for coming and, and being here. Uh, anything you want to tell us about, um, you know, what you, the, the play and why people should come or what you've learned about the world? Uh, what are your connections to? Um, I think what I've learned the last year is that um, th- these things that we do in community, you know, like plays or concerts or football games and Mm -hmm. soccer matches (laughs) and that kind of stuff are really important to our lives Mm -hmm. and that um, I really miss my community and it's been wonderful to be in touch again so uh, come back to the world of live theater people we Mm -hmm. want you to to come enjoy with us and to laugh and to laugh together. <laughs> together. It's really just such a gift. Yeah, you're right. It's not the same as, as watching a movie at home on your TV. Nope. You, and if you're in the, the theater with that live energy. I watched a lot of plays online this last year, and I'm just so happy that <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to have to do that all the time now. So Yes, it's, the, I would say that during the last year and a half, the the list of things that I will never again take for granted mm-hmm. has gotten so much longer. Mm. I'm it it was just so amazing to have Juliana send me an email and say, "Hey, will you do this quirky guy?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I'm that guy." <laughs> <laughs> and and just to come back and to see all these people and and to be in a in a cast that has challenged me to get so much better than I, know, I was I, in I, my skills. After the show rehearsal the other night, I said, oh, you had a good night. And he said, I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> any, any last thoughts, Tanya? Oh, I, it's, it's been a joy to be 
participating again and yeah again won't take it for granted for sure yeah I think that's that's I think what's been odd for me is to you know I took some time off too from Art Zany Radio and to come back it's like did a minute pass a week or mm. has it really been 18 months it's yeah. a very funny feeling mm-hmm. um but it's such a joyful uh way to to be able to be together and I agree with you about the community sense having you need that connection it, it does help us and so nothing better than laughter to to help it move it along and make it feel a little at, more at ease <laughs> and you know and if you have a you know, I would say from 11, 10, 11 on up, you could bring that person to this, see this show. There's, um, it's family friendly, and uh, I think that there's enough physical comedy going on that uh, children would enjoy. Uh, you know, older kids, not five year olds, probably, but <laughs> yeah, you know, older kids would enjoy some it. teens. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So I just invite people of all ages to come in and and have a good time with us. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to get my ticket so I can go see. I'm Yay. excited to, <laughs> to be with live theater again. Um, thank you very much for being here. I want to thank, I don't know if I'm going to give these last names a try, Juliana Skluzaschik. Oh, that was excellent. Okay. Whew. Uh, Tanya Larson-Legvold and Dean Lamp for thank being you. here to, from the Merlin Players to talk about uh, present laughter. Good show, good cast, and a good time. I hope that you all join them. Folks, I really appreciate you tuning in to Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I love our time together and want to be sure that you, you know, make sure that you make some time to, like I talked about in the early piece, ask for stories from the people around you and read about the time of your grandparents. Make some conversation with others about the details of life. I I love telling people to not take pictures just when everybody's posing, but take pictures about doing of life, because those are the ones where the stories come from. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. Uh, Look at the, it's fun to look at the details around and imagine uh, what remains in the future. And one thing I've been doing this past year is doing, I call it a memorable moments thing, where I write down one sentence from each day that I can maybe think about uh, a thing that happened or a funny note or a uh, just a little little piece of the daily life so that you know if my little journals ever uh, get passed on that my kiddos can you know think oh yeah that's the time when we you know did x or the funny thing happened at dinner or the um, you know somebody said something pretty strange or it's just really fun to have those kinds of memories because we we do we do want to connect with the past to create the future so you've been listening to art zany radio for the imagination it's this paula grandquist reminding you don't forget to add some of that art zany to your life and in the meantime until next time enjoy your imagination it's here the grand opening of